Kaylin. And I'm Izzy. And this is Pop Culture Addicts on the Vedette. So this is actually our second time taking this podcast, or this is our second take on the podcast, because Izzy messed up. I I did goof up um, a little bit. I Not to mention the last podcast where she asked how much time was left in the middle of it. Yeah, and well... Well, should we be airing our dirty laundry on the Vedette podcast? <laughs> because I was going to say, in an attempt to cut that part out, Kaylee deleted the whole podcast. I so. tried to edit that part out. <laughs> Neither just... of us are in the clear here. I think we both have our our rightful our rightful shame to have on this podcast That's and why true. there's only two episodes out. Yes. And we've been working on it for a whole semester. Our apologies for the brief hiatus, um, but we're back and we're better than ever. And we've got a great topic for you today. Kaylee, what is our topic today? Definitely. So our topic today is reboots that nobody asked for, but mm-hmm. they're still coming out in 2023 or already came out if you are that 90s show. Right. And if you're in tune with pop culture at all right now, you're familiar with the whole idea that... Um, Producers will release a TV show or a movie, and if it does well the first time, even if like narratively you could really come to a full stop, um, they sort of want to reboot that. Just In a lot of cases, um, I think it might be hard for the creators of that story to let go of the characters that they've spent so much time with, but I think in a lot of cases, it ends up being kind of this desperate grab for money, and that it's sort of flooding the entertainment. it's sort of flooding the entertainment industry right now. You sort of see it everywhere. Um, So I think the reason we decided to talk about that on our podcast today is we saw some some advertisement for the reboot of That 70s Show, if you guys are familiar with that. Um, And the reboot is called That 90s Show. I just don't know how good it's going to be. I'm going to watch it anyway because I loved That 70s Show and they have like the original, like Kitty and Red, are both going to be in it? Yeah, but they, I, if I remember correctly, they are the only returning characters. And even when I was watching that 70s show, I I felt like they were kind of dragging it on a little bit too long, you know? Like, I felt like mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, the characters, like, their, their arcs had been completed, you know? And so I really felt like towards the end of the series, um, a lot of those characters just sort of, you know, you lose interest in them, I think, mm-hmm. because the writers simply don't know what to do with them anymore. Definitely. And I think it's funny, too, because I asked my parents, I said, why don't you like that 70s show? Like, I think it's really funny. And their reply was literally just, we grew up during that time. Like, we don't want to see it again. Because that sure. 70s show was made in, like, the 90s, right? hmm So I think it's just funny how they're going to make that 90s show. I think it was the early 2000s, actually. But, you know, same sort of time period. And so I get what you're saying, but it's like, even that 70s show, you're right, was this sort of attempt to capitalize on nostalgia. And it's so funny and kind of ironic that they're trying to capitalize on the nostalgia of millennials who grew up in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But I feel like just as a culture, we're more able to recognize when people are sort of not manipulating our like nostalgia to sort of make money off of us. Um, but in a sense, because it really, it you know, that's what the media does. You know, the media is going to try to get people to watch however they can. But I feel like, you know, like I said before, like, Pop culture right now is so flooded with these reboots that we're just sick of it, I think. 
I mean, I don't mean to speak for everyone, but I definitely mm-hmm. speak for myself. I'm definitely sick of it, especially since I'm looking at the cast right now. And I feel like it'd, it'd be different if they got um, a bunch of kid actors that – or not kid actors, or younger actors that are more well-known. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if like like Jenna Ortega with Wednesday, if they got her sure, on it, yeah. you know, or something like that. Um, but I don't know any of these people, so right. that's going to make me not want to watch it. Also, yeah. because there's just like some random teenagers or some random people that are our age playing these characters, and we don't know if they're good. Sure, like, I don't want I don't want to risk ruining my love for that '70s show with a really crappy reboot. Yeah, of and, something else. And that's the thing too that I think is really disappointing is that I feel like these young sort of unknown actors would have had much more of an ability to sort of make a name for themselves if they weren't trying to fill shoes that were already way too big for them, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, if I feel like if Hollywood just had people with a little bit more bravery, I guess, to sort of make their own thing and write their own thing. Because, you know, the the idea of a bunch of teenagers hanging out in a basement, you can do so many things with that. It just doesn't, it doesn't have to be situated like neatly inside of the That 70s Shows framework, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Well, I've, I also have a question for you because I'm not usually one for like Disney live action reboots either. Sure. Because I just think that Sometimes it can come off, like, really cheesy. Like, I wasn't a huge Beauty and the Beast fan, especially yes. since I love the original one so much. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering what you think about the new Little Mermaid. Because oh. she was my favorite Disney princess, mm-hmm. so I will do anything to like, keep her my favorite Disney princess because I loved her when I was growing up. And I'm actually really excited for it. Yeah, honestly, I am too. So in terms of, like, the live-action Disney remakes, I feel like... I'm going to be honest, I haven't seen all of them, but I have like sort of like read reviews and stuff or seen trailers. And I feel like in a lot of those situations, they will change the story in ways that doesn't really resonate with people who fell in love with the older stories. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that is my only concern with The New Little Mermaid is Mm -hmm. just that, you know, I, I, The Little Mermaid was like my favorite Disney movie growing up too. So it's like... I understand the impulse to make it more relevant to a modern audience, but at the same time, it's like the Little Mermaid I know is one way, so I don't really know how I or how, like, um, the audience in general is going to react to any changes to that, though. But I did see the trailer or, like, some clip or something, and Mm -hmm. the water looked so cool. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. I know which one you're talking about. I saw it on Twitter. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I think there's a kind of... I agree with you definitely on wanting something that will kind of make you reminisce or a little bit of that nostalgia about knowing like what the Little Mermaid was and the Little Mermaid that you grew up with. But again, if they just made the same thing with live action characters Mm -hmm. and like cooler water, I don't know if I would like that either. Yeah. So I think that the only way, at least personally for me, to get me to watch something like this, like a live-action Disney reboot, is to just, like, change it up a little bit. Sure. However, I am reading here that the score was made by Lin-Manuel Miranda, so I might I might step this one out. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> I don't, but didn't – he was – I think he also played a pretty big part in the score for Moana. And, and I, Moana was so... Moana was amazing. I cried fully in the theater. Um, and he did that other one that was so good. I was obsessed I don't think I know which one you're talking about. Hold on. It was was, uh, a Disney movie. 
Um, and it came out, I think, during quarantine. Oh, it wasn't. Um, oh, it was in Kanto. Yeah. Oh, okay, and gotcha. And was really, really good. I did really like that one, too. Um, but I want to go back to what you were saying about how you feel like they need to change it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that just sort of made me think about how um, these, like the folktale that like inspired The Little Mermaid is so, so old. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like so old that it probably existed before like, you know, anthropologists or whatever went around trying to write it down. And, you know, I know like the history of it is like really highly contested and everything. But I think what makes these fairy tales, like I think what makes them sort of stand the test of time is their adaptability, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really good point. But at the same time, I think we find ourselves in this weird sort of gray area where Disney wants fans of The Old Little Mermaid to still come see it, but at the same time, it wants to sort of reinvent it. And Mm -hmm. so you get this sort of like watered-down reimagining of it when really I think if they just tried to like rebrand it a little bit, I think that would go a long way. I think that's kind of what they're trying to do, though. Maybe. Or at least, I don't know. I guess we have to just see it when it comes out. Sure, but it's like, you know, all the same music, you know. Mm-hmm. I assume it's the same story or a very similar storyline. But you're right. We will I'm just have to I'm not sure if it'll be the same music, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not sure. Didn't they add a song to Aladdin? Yeah. Like, they added, like, uh, like a sort of, like, feminist song. And I think that's I love great. That. I, I love the Aladdin. I did, yeah, yeah, right. So. I love the remake a yeah. lot, especially since, um, I guess as... I feel like almost Disney felt like they had to make another one because as more people were watching the first one and, you know, as you grow up and you revisit these Disney movies that you watched when you were little, like, it was pretty sexist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. And so maybe you're, like, they don't want that to be their legacy. I would definitely understand that. Because, you know, the times have definitely changed with calling out the media on that kind of stuff as, you know, we realize more about... I don't want to sound, this is another word that's really overused, but like microaggressions sure. and just like little little things like that. But then I think you have to wonder, like, does it still make sense for Disney to like keep capitalizing on their old, on their old, like on those old narratives they told mm-hmm. and the new ones? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like as long as they're still making like, you know, like Little Mermaid Barbies with like the crazy tiny waists. Like, is it really enough to say, oh, well, we reimagined her in the new movie? Right. You know what I'm so saying? It so it needs to be like an entire like brand thing. So right. I get what you're saying now. Yeah, but I, I, it's definitely very complicated, I feel like. And, you know, no matter like what happens, they're they're still going to be, you know, really diehard fans of the old Disney movies. And quite honestly, like, despite, like, some of the, like, undertones and everything, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. Definitely. But Mm -hmm. here's another movie that I'm really confused why it's coming out. It's another Mission Impossible. And not only is it another Mission Impossible, but it's a part one. So there's going to be another one, and it's going to be a part two of a new Mission Impossible. And here's what I don't get. All the movies that come out, like, minus, like, the first few Mission Impossibles, are getting really bad reviews on Rotten Tomatoes because people are like, this is old. Like, why is this happening again? So who is funding these movies to keep happening? That's a great question. Because I don't think Tom Cruise wants to keep coming back. (laughs) Like, I'm looking at this picture of him right now, and it's like, his hairline is like receding let him retire let him retire he can't keep doing flips like this oh my god especially since you know that like celebrities are paying to keep their appearance up so the fact that i can see a receding hairline he needs 
he needs to he needs to not do this anymore. How many Mission Impossible movies are there? I can definitely check. Um, I feel like I I feel like every other year seven. That's so many. And, the, and it takes like three years to make or like or come out in between Mission Impossible. And, and that's just so baffling to me because <laughs> what could they possibly be adding to the franchise? You know, what? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to be I'm going to be completely real. I have never seen a Mission Impossible movie. Mm-hmm. I hope I never see one. Um, well, it, they're all the same thing. Right. That's the thing. Like how how many movies like I get. Like the whole like John Wick type of thing, where they just kept making movies about the same like the same thing, the same person, mm-hmm. you know, just different scenario. Sure. Like there's not even really like a story. It's not like Marvel where right. like there's like a bunch of different stories that mm-hmm. like have different meanings and then come together or anything like that. Right. Like it's literally just the same thing in a different scenario with new actors, except yeah. for like a few. And then I think so. if you want to talk, sorry to interrupt. No, you're um, good. But I think if you want to talk about good storytelling too, if you want to really keep stretching out this franchise, like, and you want people to still be invested in these characters, it makes it really hard for these characters to grow and to learn from their mistakes. And I think in the end, like, that's really essential to a story is character growth. And when you make that impossible because you need to set up an avenue for the same problem to come about again in the next movie, um, it really just, I don't know, it dampens, like, the whole franchise, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I do have a question for you, though. Yeah, what's up? Like, reboot or not, what is your most anticipated movie of this year, or, like, TV show? Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't think I could name a single movie or TV show that I'm looking forward to, quite honestly. Like, I feel like I don't really see trailers for stuff, and I find out about things that came out, like, months after they did. Mm -hmm. What about you? What are you looking forward to? I forgot I w- about Bar- with Margot Robbie. Yes, Stop. I want to see Barbie. That now that is a reboot that I think is going to do it right. Yeah, like taking like kids movies and putting and it's Greta Gerwig filming it mm-hmm. and taking something or like not filming it, directing it, but taking like something that represents that's like literally the symbolism of sexism. Sure, and having someone like Greta Gerwig like completely it. turning it on its head, mm-hmm. and having people like Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling yes. star. It's just going to be so goofy, and I think it's be so funny and then taking that to an adult audience mm-hmm. with these adults who have grown up with Barbie their right. entire life. Yes. I think it's just going to be really interesting. And I think that's the kind of creative reimagining that appeals to audiences in a way that I can really get behind, you know? Mm-hmm. So just, I really, I'm excited for it too. Just kind of creating like a new message yes. behind something that's like, I guess that represents something that's not so great, but as the times are changing, you're just turning it around. Like you said, turning it on its head. For I'm just sure. really curious from like, even like from the score, I wonder what they're going to, I wonder if they're going to like remake the Barbie, like the Barbie dream song. You know what I mean? I know exactly yeah, what you mean. Barbie, and I think it. I would die. <laughs> I think I like, I think if I saw that in the theater, like I, it would be over for me. It would be over. Yes. That's a great way to end this <laughs> podcast at 15 minutes. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening um, to Pop Culture Addicts. And if we ever make another one, <laughs> which semester, we will. Yeah, we will. I mean, last semester we created a total of two podcasts. So let's see if we could try and make at least a few more this Maybe semester. this semester we can do three. <laughs> Setting our goals for ourselves one by one, one podcast at a time. Well, thank you guys again so much for listening. And I hope that if we do have another episode out, you go and check that one out as well. Bye.
Bye. Bye.